When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Speculation. That's right. Try this one on for size. Mackie and Judd, who needs that? It's bonus scoop day. It's Tuesday. Zolgad, Darren Doogie Wolfson, our good friend from Channel 5 Eyewitness News Sports Department, and also Scoop Podcast fame right here. Score North, executive producing, as always, doing a great job. Our guy, Declan Goff. And uh, Darren, without further ado, the big news that just came down as we record this at approximately 11.10 a.m. on Tuesday morning is that the Packers and Aaron Rodgers have agreed to terms on a four-year, $200 million deal that makes the quarterback the highest-played player in NFL history. He gets a whopping, according to Ian Rappaport, $153 million guaranteed, and his cap number actually goes down. That's good news for the Packers for now. What is your opinion, and what can you tell us from an, an insider's um an insider's view what this also means for the Vikings with Aaron Rodgers now set to go back to the Packers Jordan Love will have to wait longer good morning Judd good morning Declan Judd I did not foresee this scenario happening I'll fully admit I said it on channel five the day after the 49ers loss that I thought it was the end of the Aaron Rodgers Packers era I did foresee a scenario where they would franchise Devontae Adams, but I just thought this was it for Aaron Rodgers. So I am mildly surprised, although it seemingly was trending in this direction the last few weeks. I did not see him retiring too much money at stake. I never bought any dialogue about him completely walking away, but I thought a trade would occur. So how does this impact the Vikings? Well, clearly the Packers remain the favorite in the NFC North for at least the foreseeable future this year, presumably next. This is presuming health. Aaron Rodgers doesn't suffer some sort of catastrophic injury. So does this now change Quasey's thinking, Kevin O'Connell's thinking? Judd, my understanding is when they sat down with Mike McCartney, the agent for Kirk Cousins in Indianapolis, For a second time over the last few weeks, initially they gathered at the Omni Hotel right there by TCO Performance Center a couple weeks back, broke bread. But they connected again in Indianapolis. I think the Vikings are open-minded, remain open-minded, regardless of today's news, to signing Cousins to an extension on their terms. Now, there still is an evidence to suggest that Cousins is willing to take 
some sort of discount. I can't necessarily quantify what that discount would look like, right. but like all signs point Judd to him still commanding somewhere in that vicinity of 35 to 40 ish million dollars, maybe even a tick higher as the cap goes up. Keep in mind, the cap will go up the next couple years. So Cousins, his representation, are well aware of that. So I don't see him signing an extension for, say, $26 million a year, $28 million a year. That would surprise me. So from what I can gather, Judd, it's almost like there's a stare down right now, eight days out from the start of the league year. The Vikings need to make some moves to become cap compliant. It all starts with the elephant in the room. Kirk Cousins. Jed, I can tell you there is a very logical move the Vikings can make to create some cap space. I checked with that camp this morning. They are still completely in the dark. Like, they don't know what is going on. And one person did allude to the idea that there needs to be some clarity on Cousins, on Daniil Hunter, before there's clarity on on this individual situation. Interesting. Um, okay, so that being said, on Hunter then, what have you heard? Because I think the general assumption, Doogie, is that the the Vikings are going to convert what I believe currently is a roster bonus into a signing bonus, if I'm getting the terminology right, and that that would simply smooth out the cap hits. But the option also to create quite a bit of cap room would, would be to make a move there to either move to trade him and or worst case release him are you hearing more about this because i think the i think the i think the problem we're running into here dukes is that and i don't blame folks but it feels like a lot of people are assuming that the vikings are going to work with current contracts because that's what rick and mike did rick especially right because rick was trying to keep his guys um, usually when you make a change like this, I'm not saying everybody goes, but there are some surprises. And it's not that those contracts are restructured. It's that those guys are traded and or in this league flat out released. Are you getting a better feel for if Kirk Cousins does not leave here, how they're going to start to create a potential influx of salary cap space? Well, you're right. If there's ever time to make some changes, maybe some drastic changes, plural, maybe not just one big move, but multiple big moves, now would be the time with a regime change. I will tell you on Daniil Hunter, somebody who knows Daniil really well, told me that Daniil is very comfortable in a 3-4. That he likes the idea of playing in a 3-4. An outright release would surprise me. I will tell the audience that you sent me a note a week ago or so saying, hey, just explore this. It wasn't like you're on the cusp of reporting this. You've got this huge scoop. And you said, hey, it's worth exploring that in Indianapolis, Daniil Hunter's name came up in trade talks. I can tell you, Judd, I checked with two teams. One, a pretty logical match for at least a pass rusher, maybe not necessarily Daniil but certainly a pass rusher and maybe Daniil for what it's worth going back now a couple days. So maybe it changed Friday, Saturday, Sunday in Indianapolis, but going back a few days, this team had not chatted trade with the Vikings about Daniil Hunter. Yeah. And just to be clear at that point, especially at the combine dudes, you know, 
everything is basically broached. So, so like, just because, you know, well, I, I'm sure that Daniil's name has come up in like oh, I'm sure it has to four judge. different ways. You know, Kirk Cousins' release, name came right. up last year. People didn't want to believe it. Exactly. And just because a name comes up, I say this yep. all the time when it's NBA trade deadline time. Most trades talked about in the NBA never happen. Correct. But you would be shocked. Well, maybe you wouldn't, but I think a lot of fans would be shocked at the amount of names that are bandied about. So, yes, it's somewhat comparable in the NFL. So, yes, I have no doubt that Daniil Hunter's name has come up. But I'm just telling you, my own sense right this second is I don't have any strong steam that any trade is imminent. Interesting. And, and to go back on on the decision with the Packers and Roger stays there and how that ties into Cousins, too. I'm with you. I buy I completely buy Quasey that this is fluid like this is it's why they're not being committed to saying, you know, he is definitely staying or, oh, yeah, we're trying to trade him because this remains an incredibly fluid situation. Part of and I, I made this comparison with Phil and Dex on Monday. My comparison is this. Aaron Rodgers was clogging up the bowl, and you had to get a plunger because he's the first guy. You, you got to get him down that drain, right? This now opens up the quarterback, the rest of the quarterbacks, to at least being called on and being explored. And I think this is where the Cousins thing is go- going to take a very interesting turn. And again, it does not mean he's gone. But it does mean that if you were, I'm going to pick a team here, the Broncos, and you were pursuing Rodgers in a potential trade and now well, that's clearly gone. they gonna, are pursuing some quarterback you're gonna try but now we you can, can call on the logical dots on Rodgers right. there yeah. but you could but you can call on Kirk the point is this now opens up the drain for a lot more to occur with quarterbacks it might be Kirk it might not but at least the talks can probably take place a little more seriously than 48 24 hours ago well I mean there's one extra team now in pursuit right like Let's say that the scenario that I thought would transpire, Aaron Rodgers gets traded. Let's use Denver as that hypothetical with the hacky connection. I think Denver would have absolutely been in that mix. Okay, well, now you take Denver out of that Rodgers mix, right? Because I think Green Bay then would have made the transition. If Rodgers said, I'm out, call me nuts. I think they would have made the transition to Jordan Love. Like, I don't think the Packers then would have been in the market for one of these veteran quarterbacks. Maybe I'm nuts on that. Yeah, you know, maybe I'm an idiot on that take, but I think they would have made the transition to Jordan Love. Okay, so now we have this other team, right? Denver, that needs a quarterback. That they're on the record going back to when George Payton met the media about this time last week in Indianapolis. They are in pursuit of a veteran quarterback. So sure, do I think maybe a couple extra calls take place? I would not be surprised at all by that. I really wouldn't. I'll tell you this much, Judd. The one scenario that would really, really surprise me is if the Vikings cave and give Cousins big money on an extension. So, like, going back two months, I didn't necessarily see the scenario where maybe he would just play this thing out. Mm -hmm. But I think there's a more likely scenario where he plays this thing out final year of his contract versus the Vikings giving him an enormous extension. Are they open-minded to giving him an extension? Yes. Going back to what I said in my opening statements. Yes. My sense is they are, but not at enormous money. So I think that's one scenario, at least for me, 
that I'm crossing off the list of possibilities. The Vikings giving Cousins huge money on an extension. Speaking of changes at TCO, uh, an, an important one, a little bit behind the scenes on Monday, but the Vikings uh, ended their 16-year, which in the National Football League is a lifetime relationship with, with the guy who long ago said, do not call me a trainer. I'm not a trainer. I am head athletic trainer Eric Sugarman, a guy who was brought here by Childress. He he had been an assistant ath- athletic trainer in Philadelphia, um, stayed here for Frazier, and then stayed here for Zim, largely because Rick Spielman also stayed here, and he liked Eric. But, Dukes, this is interesting because, like, this is – this is how it works now, and it works that way with executives. It works that, that way with the coaching staff, which we've clearly seen. Uh, trainers, players, that this – I saw some surprise tweets. You know, oh, my God, Sugarman's gone. Can you believe that? Absolutely I can. And I'll say this right now. If you like the scouting staff, prepare yourself post-combine. There will be changes there, too. When you bring in – especially a new GM to run things. It plays a huge role in a lot of people who are uh, have worked here a long time, familiar names, being gone. Uh, what have, have you heard about that decision, though? And what do you think might be next as far as what I would consider to be a very evolving organization right now with the turnover at TCO Performance Center? The timing is somewhat surprising because they did have him go to Indianapolis. Like, I'm not overly surprised by the move, but I would have told you more so after the draft. Not necessarily right now. Like, why have him administer, you know, different things, you know, medically in Indianapolis? Like, that part surprises me. But, you know, I I Fede Odenabo, who then deleted his tweet. In fact, I think he even deleted his Twitter page. Mm -hmm. He did. But he tweeted gone. some stuff that enough people screen grabbed, yep. you know, slamming Shug. I don't have the, the verbiage right in front of me, but, you know, he said, you know, Shug is not a good person. Yep. Now, I recorded a new Scoop podcast last night saying, I understand he's a decent guy, but you know what? That's from my own personal interactions. Like, I know Odenabo, those close to Odenabo. I don't think he makes stuff up. And I can also tell you, Judd, there were other players who went to management to complain about Eric Sugarman. So there is a track record. I don't know if those players are willing to go on the record like Odenabo did. But those complaints have been registered. I am told Andrew Miller, CEO, drove the bus on this. Mm. Logic might suggest Kwesi Adolfo Mensa, Kevin O'Connell, drove the bus on this move. Mm -hmm. Collaboration, right? And I don't think they were anti the move, but I hear CEO Andrew Miller had a large say in this decision occurring. I love this part of the scoop now <laughs> because I I feel like what you just said, Doogie, is being underplayed here as far as this franchise goes. Miller came from the Toronto Blue Jays in 2019 to replace Kevin Warren, who had just become and remains commissioner of the Big Ten Conference. Kevin Warren was a tremendous ally and sounding board and an incredibly important person 
for the Wilfs, which means the entire team then. Andrew, it feels like slow play things. And and so Kevin, my understanding, dudes, was Kevin saw himself as sort of a de facto football guy, too. Like, he, he would try and weigh in on football decisions, some of which probably didn't thrill Rick Spielman and company. Andrew is a business guy. He's a former baseball guy. And I think that he sort of slow cooked things because he probably came here and he's probably a smart guy and said, I don't know a ton about this sport yet. It feels like, and correct me if you think I'm wrong, it feels like as he's become more comfortable, though, he has started to wade into areas where for the first couple of years he didn't go. And and I just feel like you are the only person who's really of late discussed his impact, which seems to be behind the scenes growing by the day well judd quasi adolfo mensa is not this team's general manager without the andrew miller influence kevin o'connell is not this team's head coach without the andrew miller but we're not saying i get it but we're not saying 99 percent of the fan base they have no idea who andrew miller is i completely understand that but just know he has incredible power as he should ceo President, he is the guy at TCO Performance Center. It's not like the Wilfs are at TCO Performance Center on a daily basis. So he's the eyes and the ears for Mark and Ziggy. I'll also tell you this much, Judd. You asked who could be next. Like, I would say anybody who's been there for a long time <laughs> is walking around on eggshells to some but... extent. Yep. Like, seriously, like if you've been there for 20, 25, 30 years, you know, like, I know you can think of at least one name, snap of the fingers, but there's a few people that have been there for a while. I'm just saying, like, I think it's an interesting time there. I'll leave it at that for right now. But we've seen moves. Steve LaCroix exited. Most people don't know who Steve is, but Steve was a big wig. He left about a year after Andrew Miller took over. Very important. Now we see Eric Sugarman, who was there for 16 years, Yep. moving on yep. after you know, Andrew being in place for two years. Yeah. Over time here, certainly Andrew's influence has grown, but make no mistake. Like seriously, Quasi Adolfo Mensa is the general manager in large part because of Andrew Miller. Like I hope, I hope fans grasp that. I really do. Timberwolves. When can we expect to see Ant back on the court? Do you think? Well, I was over at shoot around yesterday. He was getting up shots. Then he scrimmaged. After, we were waiting for Jalen Noel to come over. So it's not like we were loitering. We were just waiting. So we had a view of the far court at Mayo Clinic Square of a few guys scrimmaging, including Anthony Edwards. So he is close. Now, you don't necessarily need him tomorrow night against Oklahoma City, but you'd like to have him for at least one of those Florida games. They do play Miami later this week. Point is, it is a short-term injury. Glenn Taylor even volunteered that to me, Judd. I talked to Glenn for, heck, about 30 minutes yesterday. Really? 25 minutes I put on the Scoop podcast. But we talked a little bit off mic as well. There's some tendonitis there. You can listen. Glenn, on the record, you know, alluded to to what's going on with Ant. But he said he's talked directly to Ant that Ant will be back very, very soon. There's not any sort of long-term concern. Tell me that Glenn is having no second thoughts about eventually completing 
the sale of this franchise. <laughs> Tell me that he didn't say, Doogie, I'm having so much fun. The team's get, getting good. You know what? It's off the market. It's a solid question. It's almost like we had some back and forth before we started doing this. I'm glad you asked that. So I presented the question to Glenn Judd. I said, is everything still a go? December of 2023, Mark Laurie, Alex Rodriguez taking over as majority owners? Glenn gave me a one-word answer. Probably. Oh. So then, okay, he says probably. What? It begged a follow-up, right? So I say to Glenn, this is on the podcast. I'm telling you, take a listen, Judd. I will. So then Glenn, you know, he pauses after probably. I pause for a second to gather my thoughts. I'm like, probably. <laughs> I thought it was 100%. Like, Drop the what do you mic. mean probably? <laughs> probably is not 100%. So I said, Glenn, there's some gray area there. Like, does that mean that they could take over sooner or later than December 2023? And he pretty much said, now I'm paraphrasing. I don't remember the exact answer he gave me, but it was something along the lines of, you know, both possibilities are in play. So, like, what? it was just, it was, of all the things Glenn and I went back and forth on, like, you know, he gave me some good insight on the Patrick Beverly contract extension negotiations how confirming what I talked about, Beverly wanted more than one year. Beverly was fighting for multiple years of a guarantee. The compromise was we'll give you more money, but it's a one-year extension. So like Glenn, you know, he volunteers a lot of good information. He said that they were really close to a trade. Going back to the trade deadline, I'm led to believe it was Montrez Harrell, that that fell apart last second. Montrez ended up going from Washington to Charlotte. So Glenn was good on a bunch of stuff, but like, to me, the headline was him telling me probably. And I asked the one follow-up, Judd. I didn't go far down the rabbit hole. I didn't get the sense Glenn wanted to go far down the rabbit hole. So, like, I need to I need to follow up with some other people on what the heck he exactly means by probably December of 2023. Not 100% definitively. It just it caught my attention big time, Judd. Don't tell Mackie this. Like... He'll drive back here. He'll drive. He'll be so upset. He's so. Well, I mean, happy could it be right the now. other that Mark and Alex? I firmly believe this, Judd. Mark and Alex would love to be majority owners sooner than December 2023. Let's see more changes with the Wolves. So, then. does that possibility exist? Okay, I just maybe don't want... Glenn was alluding to All that right. idea. Okay, All I know. Right. I know. Yeah, you're you're programmed to go the other way. That. Glenn yeah. is somehow going to F this up, yes. that Glenn is still going to be the majority owner a couple yes. years from now. Glenn is really enjoying this ride right now, which he should, right? This is the best ride they've been on in, heck, win tomorrow, longest winning streak in 18 years. They should win tomorrow against the Thunder. Yep. So I get it. Glenn is having a really good time right now, but maybe it's the other way. Because I can just tell you, Mark and Alex would love to take over as majority owners sooner than 21 months from now. All right, so I get to the game last night, and I'm looking at the rosters, the starting lineups, and the guys who are going to be out. And D'Lo is out, and it's described as, let me use the first word, bilateral. Bilateral. Why would why on earth would the Timberwolves torture this poor fan base with, with the exact term that was used to describe, to this day, Joe Maurer's mysterious injury back in, what, 2012? Um, is this something to be concerned about or is this just rest? And again, to your point too, the Wolves are going through a stretch where you can afford to sit guys 
And as they showed last night in beating the Trailblazers by 43, you can still win games. The latter. Like, okay. Judd, if last night was the playing game against the Clippers, because that's the way this thing is trending with, what, 16, 17 games to go. Yes. That the Wolves are not, unfortunately, going to catch Denver. Even though the Wolves do have an easier schedule remaining than Denver, that being, what, three games back in the loss column, that's just a really tough mountain to climb that is trending toward the Wolves having a home game. And you think about the great home court advantage at Target Center right now, that the Wolves will play the L.A. Clippers seven seed versus eight seed to be the seven seed in the Western Conference. Loser then would get another opportunity to play to be the eight seed. That is the way this thing is trending. That if last night was the Wolves game against the Clippers, D'Angelo would have been fine. Okay. He would have played. Okay. But yes, to use the bilateral term, don't do that. The Wolves anymore. trainer has been around for a while. Like he was here in town, going back to that Mauer debacle. Yeah, that was that was interesting terminology. But just know it is not something that I would overly worry about. What I would worry about though is D'Angelo does break down a good amount. Yeah. You know, it's something here, it's something there. Just you know, up. nothing, nothing huge at least so far. But that his body. It's just it's hard for him to play 80 to 82 games, put it that way. Gotcha. Final scoops. Fire away, sir. Going back to the Vikings, there is a DB's coach. I should have written down his name. He is now the DB's coach for the Chicago Bears. But I am told he was choice number one to be the Vikings DB's coach. But just based on the timeline, you know, everything taking a little bit longer with O'Connell, he just didn't want to turn down that Bears opportunity, but he was highly interested in coming here, Mm -hmm. working for, working with Kevin O'Connell, but he's plenty happy in Chicago. And again, I should probably have his name written down. I don't, but the new Bears DBs coach, he was choice one to be the Vikings DBs coach. It's just another reminder, James coaching carousel. You normally don't get choice one at every position. James, like every team. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, If you Googled it, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So just, you don't get choice one. Sure. Every time. You just sure. don't. Just the way it works. Isaiah Weston, let me give the kid from Albertville some love. St. Michael Albertville High School, Northern Iowa wide receiver, 6'3 and a half, 215 pounds, runs a 438, 40 inch vertical, 11 feet 3 inches on a broad jump. That's mm-hmm. among the best wide receiver broad jumps in a decade. Wow. Now I get it. There's an injury history. He missed some time in Northern Iowa. I'm not suggesting he's a first, second, or third round pick, but I do believe the Twin Cities native made himself some money with his great performance last week in Indianapolis. I am told he did have an interview with the Vikings. Awesome stuff, sir. All right, we will talk to you on Thursday uh, for our Reckless Speculation Thursday. More scoops then. Darren, thank you very much. And uh, you got have it, a Who do you got in the Boys State Hockey Tournament? Hill Murray. Um, so do Hill I. Murray. Yeah. And, and here's the problem, too. Yeah. This 30 years, Tier 1, Tier 2 started 30 years ago. They broke up the greatest one-class hockey tournament 30 years ago. <laughs> oh I God. will never forgive any of you people out there who did that to my state tournament. Done. Goodbye. I am rooting for Minneapolis in Class A, but yeah, double A, Hill Murray. I can tell you, knowing Bill Lechner relatively well, the head coach. Oh, yeah. They are uber motivated from not being able to play in the state tournament a year ago. Mm -hmm. Shut down by COVID. They won it all in 2020. 
There's enough players that there's a carryover there. I can just tell you, they are uber, uber, uber motivated by the State High School League screwing them over last year. So, yes, I am picking Hill Murray like you in double A. All right. Go Pioneers. Bye. Okay. See ya. Bye-bye. At the Home Depot, we have the tools for you to give the gift of a smarter home with savings on top brands like the Google Hub, a command center for your smart devices that raises the IQ of your entire home, or the Nest Learning Thermostat that helps you conserve energy and save on your bill. And if you don't know what to get, gift cards are a smart gift no matter what they get. So this year, gift smarter with savings on tools to make your holiday magic. The Home Depot, how doers get more done.